Psalm 73. Psalm 73. And the microphone's on, right? Okay. Got the hardest part out of the way. Well, maybe not the hardest part, but Psalm 73. And you can thank my wife. I was going to preach something else tonight, but uh, lunch changed my mind today. I was going to preach seven ways to be a better wife, but she made ham and sweet potatoes and carrot cake for lunch, so we scrapped that one. <laughs> then, now we're going to talk about the seven sins of Timothy, but I realize that's a two-part message, so we can't do that one tonight. <laughs> But uh, I don't usually crack jokes, but I, I thought of that earlier today when we were, I knew we were having ham and carrot cake and all that for lunch. I thought, and I know how much my wife loves jokes, so not really. <laughs> Me, I could be, see, that's why, you know, I, they say opposites attract, and in this way we're very opposite. I could be laughing hysterically over on the couch when we're watching something, and I look over and she's just stone-faced, looking straight ahead, and I'm like, why aren't you laughing? She's like, it's really not that funny. And I'm like, well, one of us is having fun, right? <laughs> but Psalm 73, and I'm going to do something I don't normally do, and um, not stick my foot in my mouth. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try not to do that. But we're going to read the whole chapter, and it's a short chapter, but the chapter is kind of my introduction for the message. So I, I want to read the whole chapter, and like I said, I, I normally don't read it that long, and I, I, I promised the kids in junior church that I would be really short tonight. So I don't know, that might backfire. So usually when I say that, it's, I, it's supposed to be short and it's long, so I hope not to do that to you, all right? Because I want to go home and eat more carrot cake. <laughs> no. Truly God, verse 1, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are, are of a clean heart. But as for me, my, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compassed them about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. Now, let me stop and, and make a comment on this first part here. This, there's, a, there's a lot of, you know, when you read commentaries, there's a lot of different thoughts on different things. And, but... This could be talking, I really believe that this could be talking about someone that's saved, that is not necessarily following the Lord, but it also is talking about the wicked, and we can fall into that, I can fall into that a lot more than I like to admit. And, and I, I try not to think too much about politics, but the first thing I thought of, and it's not just politics, but... Verse 7, it says, Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. Do you know that in our country, here's just, there's several examples we could give, but there's some wicked people, and we all understand that, that make laws in our country, unfortunately, and they were elected somehow, and they made laws that made it okay for them to get inside information about stocks, and for instance, uh, Nancy Pelosi, her husband, is making millions off of the Tesla stock deal because he owns $500,000 in their company. And he gets all the inside information and gets all the benefits of good deals. What, what's the Bible says right here? Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than their heart could wish. I mean, plastic surgery is very expensive, I'm sure. But you know, maybe they need more of that. I'm not, I don't know. But my point is this. She is, I, I feel bad for her. I really do. I, I don't like her as a person, the stand she takes, but I really do feel bad for her because she has money like you wouldn't believe, yet she is very unhappy. You can just see it in her face. Well, I'm not going to keep going with that, but, but you can see it in her face, right? You can tell. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's evil. When she talks, you almost feel like there's somebody else speaking out of her mouth. It's, it's very scary. And like it, but like I said, and it's not just her. There's a, there's a lot of other people. Um, there's, there's religious people who, uh, listen, if you, uh, there was a, I watched a little bit of this thing called the, the Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, and guess who was on there? Some preachers who have TV shows and have private jets. And, and, and hey, listen, if God has blessed you and given I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that it's wrong to have money. The Bible doesn't say that it's wrong to have money. Okay? It says the love of money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say money is, is the root of all evil. Um, but how do they, a lot of them get that. They, they pressure people into things. They do all those things. And they, there's people that, under the name of religion, can have a heart and fatness in their heart as far as when it comes to wickedness. It says they are corrupt, in verse 8, and speak wickedly concerning oppression they speak lawfully. They set their mouth against the heavens. And the first thing I thought of that is when our governor, uh, when this uh, whole COVID thing started, said, we, you, nobody else, God didn't stop COVID. I stopped COVID. Whoa, who are you? You're nobody. All God has to do is just think a thought and you're, you're burnt crisp. That's, that's true for all of us. Okay, not just, not just him. Who, who are we to, to say, I built this or I did that? No, no, God gets the credit for that. There's a holy God in heaven that is grieved by not only our actions, but the actions of this world. All right, we're not even, this is just an introduction. We've got to get moving here. All right, so, therefore, his people return hither and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought, maybe I'm the only one that thinks this, I don't know, sometimes, but your car breaks down or, or you know, your, your battery's dead on Monday morning and you, you look, well, look across the street at my house, it's the woods, but... You know, you look across the street to the guy with the brand new Cadillac Escalade who mows his lawn on Sunday and goes golfing on Sunday and does all this stuff, and you're like, I just spent my whole day in church. Not that I'm, you're looking for a pat on the back, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But I, I just spent my whole day, you know, trying to serve the Lord, trying to please the Lord, and here's this guy, you know, he's driving his Escalade and he's got no problems and, you know, Probably had a latte for breakfast and, you know, not, not that that's what rich people drink, okay? If you drink a latte, I understand. I drink them too sometimes, okay? But you, you, look, you look at that, sometimes you go, whoa, hold on. What, what is going on here? Right? I'm trying to do what's right. I'm trying to please the Lord. He says, um, and we can all fall into this. Um, I was reading one guy that was writing about this passage. He said, it's Psalm 73 is a Christian's pity party. Verse, basically, verse 1 through 18 is, is basically. Um, so, and then it says, um, How doth God know, and is there knowledge in the Most High? This is verse 11. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. Kind of reminds me, too, of um, Elijah. Remember when Elijah had just had that huge victory and slain? They had slain all those false prophets. And then he goes and has a pity party under the, the tree and says, I'm the only one that's serving God and no one else is serving God. And, and God says, whoa, whoa, hold on. You're not the only show. There's lots of people. You know, that's uh, uh, one positive thing about uh, our modern age is you get to see, you know, think about it. I could see, I'm not justifying it, but I could see where somebody would think that maybe 50 years ago. Because think about it. If you're a farmer or or something like that, or uh, you're not, this is before the car age, all right, and you're not traveling. You know, I remember um, my grandfather used to say that they could only go as far, and for farmers, they can only go so far because they got to get back to milk the cows at night, right? So they can't really go that far. Well, think about it. If they have, our, our country was built upon farmers, 
And you had all these guys that were in these small churches all across the country. And yeah, there was radio, so you'd find out some information. But in a lot of cases, you, don't, you didn't have, you couldn't look up churches on the internet. You couldn't listen to sermons on sermon audio. You couldn't do all those things. So you had to be thinking, hey, are we the only people that are, you know, sticking to the book here? Or, you know, what's, I mean, so we, we can get that way if we're not, if we're not careful. Um, he says, for all the day long of him plague and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors? As a dream, when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved and, and pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. So what's, what, what happens? Like, and this is a pattern we see in a lot of the Psalms, is, is it starts out, He's upset about something. You ever been upset? I don't know, maybe you're not upset people, but I get upset about things sometimes. And um, you get upset about something, or, you're, or I know none of you have ever done this, but I've, I've been upset on the way to church before. I, I haven't processed my day yet. I'm still thinking about things. And, and I pull into the parking lot, and I'm like, this is the last place I want to be. I, I mean, I want to be here, but you know what I'm saying? And your, my flesh is winning. All right. And, and I say this, you know, I'm tired. I, I, I just, you know, and then and then I walk into church and I and somebody greets me with a smile or somebody says a kind word or or something. I hear the music and all of a sudden, you know, the Holy Spirit says, hey, bozo, knock it off. You really don't have anything to complain about. Get your act together. Right. And, and that's that's kind of uh, what what this is a Psalm of Asaph. That kind, that's kind of what he goes through. He, he starts out and he says, listen, you know, I'm trying to do what's right. I, who, who knows what happened? He says, I, everything's falling apart. I fix, you know, uh, I fix the window, somebody breaks the door. I, I fix the door, somebody breaks the, the faucet, you know, or anything. Those things happen, right? And they seem like they happen right after the other, some, uh, one another sometimes. So when that happens, we have a tendency or I have a tendency, I, I should say, to get discouraged or to get down. So I'm going to give you six quick points, hopefully, um, on how to keep from getting discouraged. And they're found in verse 23 through 28. So let's pray and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can be in your house tonight. I thank you uh, for the church that you've given us. And I thank you for the pastor that you've given us who's uh, been faithful and, and stuck by the stuff and, and just been consistent. And um, I'm thankful um, uh, that we live in America. Um, uh, don't necessarily, as you know, we don't like everything that's happening around us. But Lord, you have been so good to us and you have been faithful and you've been merciful. And uh, there's, there's countries in this world tonight that would love to be sitting in a church building and, the, and they can't even leave their house even for food. And we have so much to be thankful for. And I, I pray that you'll help us not to forget that. I pray that um, as we look at this tonight, that we'd be encouraged. I pray that you would um, uh, use your Holy Spirit to speak to hearts. Um, I pray that I wouldn't say uh, things I shouldn't say. And that I would say exactly what you want me to say. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The first uh, thing is this. Verse 23 says, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand we need to remember first of all that the lord and these are simple this but it's it's important to remind yourself of these things sometimes and and you know what let me just say this too for somebody that maybe hasn't been saved for 30 years or whatever listen some people like to complicate the christian life really the christian life is basic 
it's doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's, you know, read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. You know, we sing that song with the kids in junior church. That's what the Christian life is. Uh, it's practice. You know, like uh, my brother said in Sunday school this morning. Uh, you know, uh, I was talking to somebody about a musical instrument, and um, they said, oh, all I do is practice, practice, practice. And I said, yes. And that's what you, how you get better in life, is you practice, practice. Hey, listen, I don't like this term that they use, I practice medicine. I don't like that term. All right? I hope that the doctor had enough practice before he actually worked on me, okay? Uh, but you know what? Listen, um, I, I, and I t they, this is something I've heard ever since I was a kid when you play sports. But it's 100% it's true and it applies to Christianity. You know, Michael Jordan would shoot over 1,000 shots every day because that's his profession. That's what he's, you know, he's, he was paid to do. I bet you if you asked him if he ever got bored doing the same shots, the same routine every day, he probably, if he was honest, he'd probably tell you, yes, it does get boring sometimes. But you know what? You keep practicing. You keep doing it. Why? Because when the game is on the line and the ball is in your hands, you don't want to miss the shot. Kind of like, and I'm not comparing Christianity to basketball, but this is a pretty good comparison. As far as you read the Bible, pray every day, grow, 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 because the Bible says you're supposed to have an answer for every man that asketh the reason of the hope that is within you. And I might have misquoted that. I think I quoted it right. You're supposed to have an answer when no one else has answers because you're supposed to know God's word. And how does that happen? It doesn't happen by osmosis. It happens with practice. It happens with every day. And some days, if we're honest, and maybe, maybe I'm the only one that does this sometimes, sometimes it's just me, check mark. I read it. Didn't really make a seemingly a huge impact. But there's all these different times in my life where it seemed like the routine stuff and that's what somebody needed that day. Somebody else. Maybe it wasn't for me, right? 2 Corinthians 1 tells us that the things that we go through and the things that we experience aren't necessarily always for us. A lot of times they're for other people. They're for, uh, for us to be a blessing to someone else. So remember the Lord is with me. Now that may seem like a, a basic thought, but you, but you know what? We sometimes forget that. We, um, you know, when I'm, the song, when I'm, it's my, my favorite song, when I'm alone and I face the unknown, who's with us? Who, God is with us. You know how many times, uh, and thankfully not too many, but there's been a few times in my life where I was scared to death. And I couldn't be afraid. And you know what? God helps me. As many of you know, I work in law enforcement. There's been some scary stuff. And I have to do things and, and handle things, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. You don't even have time to think. You just do it. And God protects me. God, you can, you, it's, he, he comes alongside of you, and, and you know that you're having help. You know he steadies your hand. He, 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 he brings to remembrance. Listen, the biggest thing that gets guys in our line of work in trouble is paperwork. We do what we're supposed to do, but now we have to put it on paper. What were we thinking when we did it? Why we do it, right? You know how many times he's given me answers when I fill out that paperwork? And listen, that's, that's God. But sometimes we forget. We, we think, well, he's not with me. Well, if... It, he is. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He is not. He, once, you, once you're saved, you're always saved. Now, again, you choose how close you are to him, but he's, he's with you. We have to remember that he is with us. You know what? Sometimes your friends are going to forsake you. You know, Job 16.20 says, My friends scorn me, but mine eye poureth out tears unto God. 
And, and thankfully, I haven't had to, you know, really ex- experience this. I mean, I have some lost family, but uh, when family forsakes us, it says in Psalms 27.10, When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. He will. He, he will, you know, and listen, I, I understand some people have difficult circumstances. They get saved and their family just turns their back on them. Well, guess what? God is there. He says, I will never leave thee or nor forsake thee. So first of all, we need to remember that the Lord is with us. Second of all, we need to remember the counsel of, the, of our parents and godly men. Um, judges, uh, turn over to Judges chapter 20. And this is uh, one of my later points too, but to remember that counsel of godly men, you have to be in church. There's just um, by, not osmosis really, but there's a lot of lessons I've learned from men in this church just by being around them. Uh, just by, uh, you know, um, I remember when I was a little kid and uh, he, I'm gonna, I'm, I hope I'm not going to embarrass him, but... Um, he probably doesn't remember this, and that's okay. But we used to go uh, visiting. Me and another boy um, was, used to go visiting with Mr. Breyer. And we go knock on doors on Saturdays. And boy, did we have some adventures, let me tell you. <laughs> and anybody you know, that knows Mr. Breyer, when you're with Mr. Breyer, it's an adventure. And that's, that's a good thing. We had, we had fun. But you know what? As a little boy who was scared to death to do the thing, you didn't even think about being scared because he was perfectly at ease. The smile on his face. And we, one, I never forget, one time we went to this house and he says, all right, boys, this next house is all you. This is you. I'm going to stay out here in the van. And we're thinking, oh boy, what are we going to do? <laughs> so we go up to this house and I don't know what we were thinking. We went through the garage. So we go through the garage and we press what we thought was the doorbell. It was the garage door closer. <laughs> so, first of all, we're scared to death. Well, we press that, the garage door starts going down. We panic. We don't know about the safety, you know, things. We're both hick, not hicks, but, you know, we, we, we didn't have an automatic door at our house, so, I mean, you know. We panicked. We sprint toward the door and barely make it underneath the garage door. Now... We didn't know that there's sensor, you know, all that. Anyways, but what, guess what? We had fun. We, <laughs> we, we didn't feel like we were in danger. You know, we, we, uh, you know, but we had fun. Why? Because, hey, he was having fun. We were having fun. He was giving us a little piece of advice that maybe at the time we didn't even think we were listening to, but we were listening. It's little things like that, that, you know, um, and I probably told this story before, but another example that I can remember is Mr. Delano. When I met my wife, well, he went, what's to say? When he met my wife, he walked up to me with tears in his eyes and he said, That's the one. Don't mess it up. That's what he told me. Now, he had also told me the same thing with tears in his eyes when I was with the wrong girl. And he said, You better not marry her. Now, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that of Mr. Delano. He was a, he's, a Mr., he's a quiet guy. But he, he walks with the Lord, and he said, you know what? Don't do it. Now, he, why did he say that to me? He didn't have to say that to me. But he cared and said, you know what? This is good advice. He said, listen, don't go with that girl. Go with that girl, right? She makes good carrot cake, okay? No, that's not why. It was good carrot cake, let me just say that. Um, but moving on, let's get to the good stuff here. All right, Judges chapter 20. I, I think I told you to turn there. Um, Judges 20, verse 23 says, let me turn there, okay? I have it written in my notes, but... Um, it says, And the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until even, and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up again? to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother. And the Lord said, go up against him. So they, they went uh, and they 
talk to the Lord. They got their counsel from him. Uh, remember, uh, there's examples all through the Bible where Moses went to his father-in-law and, and got advice. There, it's important to get advice. Uh, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1 says, My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to mine understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. So we have to, hey, you have to take time to ask questions. You know what? Uh, hey, you're not admitting, well, it's not that it's bad to admit that you're, you're weak, but you're not admitting uh, defeat or that you're, you're a dummy. If you go to somebody and say, listen, um, we've we got this situation with our kids. Guess what? Can I just tell you something? People in this church care about you. Ask them. Say, I don't know how to, I, I don't know what to do. Right? Go to them and ask them. Or what does the Bible say about this? If you don't know, there's nothing wrong with asking. Right? Nobody's going to look at you and say, what are you, stupid? Hopefully they don't say that. And if they do, just tell me, okay? And I'll go talk to them. Right? Because that's just, we, we all have questions about things, right? We, we, there's a lot of things that, that we don't know, okay? There's no, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, you know what? Here, here's, where here's what's wrong, is refusing to ask anybody for advice. Well, I got this. I've got, and I'm not diminishing, but the Bible does tell us to get counsel. I've heard people say this. Well, I've got the King James Bible and I've got the Holy Spirit, so I'm all set. As you drive off the cliff, right? Because you, you're not going to follow the GPS because that's somebody telling you what to do. Right? But, and that's a crazy example, but some people are like that. Like, nope, I got it. I know exactly what to do, right? And YouTube is not the answer, okay? Yes, YouTube does have some good answers to things. That's, that's a handy thing. You know, I was, I was telling Mr. Smith this story this morning. A simple thing, you would think, like uh, taking your plow off your tractor and then putting the mowing deck on your tractor, you'd think that would be in the manual. They had 40 pages of information in the manual. Not one time did it show you a belt diagram or how to attach the mower. So I go on YouTube and of course there's a two minute video. Two minute. Do you think it really takes two minutes to do that? No, it doesn't. And on the video it looks really easy. And I thought, wow, this is great. Two minutes and 30 seconds this guy did this in. Well, it didn't happen in two minutes and 30 seconds. Okay, but, but what I do, I had to ask for help, right? And um, we have to seek, seek wisdom and seek counsel. And you know what? When you go to somebody that has more knowledge than you, a lot of times they can keep you from getting discouraged. Sometimes, and this has helped me as a parent, I've gone to even my parents and said, listen, <laughs> I feel like we're hitting a concrete wall here. I'm disciplining the kids for this and and, or I'm handling this situation this way, and it's not working. And they just say, oh yeah, it's working. Just stick with it. Just keep doing it. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, they know a lot more about this than I do. I'm going to keep doing it. Right? The bi the bi if, if it's a biblical principle, God's word is true. When it comes to child rearing, you know, sometimes um, I have to look in the mirror and say, God's word is true. And you may think that's simple, but it's true. I do that to myself sometimes. I say, okay, God's word is true. Follow, keep doing what it says. It'll be okay, right? Because we know that he does not make mistakes. And he gives us instructions. He's not going to lead us down the wrong path. Third of all, remember that God is on my side. It says in verse 25, says, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. He says, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. He's on your side. He saved you. If you're saved, he saved you. He 
He paid the price for your sins. You know, uh, I was just telling the kids this in junior church this morning. The Bible says that when he saves us, he puts us in his hand and nobody can get us out. We're, we're sealed, right? I, I can't even imagine. Well, I can imagine because I wasn't saved at one time, obviously. But I, I've been reading a lot about the Amish and what the Amish believe. And, and the Amish are a works. If you, if you, they'll admit it if you really talk to them, if they're honest. They are a very work-oriented people. They believe that if they don't use running water and they work extremely hard and they live a simple lifestyle, that that is going to get them to heaven. And the sad part is, now, I guess, I'm not an Amish, but I guess if I was Amish, that wouldn't bother me so much if I knew before I died that I did enough. The Amish church teaches you cannot know. So imagine, now I, I go by Amish farms on the way home from work and the way to work, numerous Amish farms out near where I work, and I see them out there. I see little boys that are five, six years old driving these 2,000 pound draft horses teams and they got all these reins in their hands, and these kids can't even read yet, and they're out there driving horses and, and working extremely hard. Can you imagine, not that having a toilet is arriving in the world, but can you imagine going without a toilet, toilet your whole life? And, you, and living, now mind you, they're surrounded by people that have electricity, people that uh, drive cars, people that have all the conveniences in the world, they're surrounded by that. And you do all that, and then you die, and you wake up in hell. And you think, I could have used the toilet this whole time. Not that that's going to be your first thought. But I, I, <laughs> that's kind of funny, but I, in a way it's sad. Can you imagine that? Yeah. that that's you know, basically self-inflicting lifestyle. You, but you know what? There's a lot of religions that follow the same path. That... Work, 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 and you're, you know, and it's this, this, this impossible bar that they hold over you and say, well, well, you know, if you, you, you give a thousand dollars for your, your grandmother, uh, then we're gonna, that's gonna get you one step closer. And okay, now you did that. Okay, here's your, here's your uh, giving card for next year. And if you don't give, we're not gonna be able to pray for your family the way the, about getting you out of purgatory. Wow. And you never achieve it. And you don't ever know. We have the privilege of being saved. And then he says, hey, this is what I want you to do. You have your own free will. Go do it. Doesn't say, oh, well, yeah, he does give us some things. And if you are following the Lord, you're going to want to do what his word says. I understand that. But he gives us freedom. So remember that God is on our side. Fourth, we need to remember our weaknesses. It says in verse 26, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. It says in um, Romans chapter 7, it says in verse 18, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more that I, I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So it says in verse 18, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. No good thing. Guess what that means? No good thing. There's nothing good about us. According to God's Word. Yes, we can be good people and have good, uh, live a good life. I, but there, he says, there is none that, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. You ever feel like this? I feel like this a lot. For to will is present with me. 
but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. That's a mouthful, but that's 100% the truth. Is a lot of times we, we have, you know, I was talking to one of my kids, and they said to me, I said, boy, you had a rough day today. And uh, they said, yeah, you know, I woke up this morning, and I was determined to have a good day. And then we ate breakfast. And my flesh started to go the wrong way. And then breakfast turned into school, and then school turned into lunch, and then pff, the whole day's a wash. Right? I've had days like that before, if I'm honest. Right? Where, you know what? I, you ever wake up mad? I don't usually wake up mad. I wake up very chatty, much to my wife's chagrin. And I've learned over 15, almost 15 years of marriage, I've learned to leave my wife alone in the morning. It's not that she's being difficult. She has a routine and she just wants to do her thing and I do my thing. I can make all the noise I want somewhere else, right? And she can talk to me later. She's just not ready to talk first thing in the morning. And I, I don't forget, we, when we got married, we were, um, I'm an early morning person. I always have been. Jobs I've had require me to get up early. So we get married on a Friday night, Saturday morning. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. And I am wide awake. And I say, let's go get some breakfast. And I can't remember what she said back. Right? But he's like, no, this is not breakfast time. You want to go get breakfast, help yourself, I'll still be up here. And so that's what I did. I went and got the coffee, you know, and read the paper and, you know, just kind of did my thing. But I've learned, you know, that's just not the, the thing, right? And it's not she's mad. She doesn't yell at me or anything like that. Don't worry, okay, in the, early in the morning. Um, she saves that for later in the day. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but, right, you, you, our flesh, right, our flesh gets us in trouble. See, my flesh gets me in trouble. And there goes the leftover carrot cake, okay? Enjoy it, kids. Have a glass of milk, all right? <laughs> but in our flesh, right, dwell with no good. Listen, anything that, you know, um, if you ever notice with pastor, most of the time he'll say this. Uh, if you ask him, how are you doing? Better than I deserve. You know, that's the big, uh, I listen to the Dave Ramsey show a lot on the radio. And that's what he says. People call him, how are you doing today? Better than I deserve. Right? And isn't that the truth? Um, speaking of that, better than I deserve, what water can I drink up here? Any one of them? Doesn't matter? I don't care. Is that yours? Oh, no, sorry. Must be a family thing, sorry. <laughs> I'm thirsty. It doesn't really matter at this point. But now my flesh really has no good thing in it. <clears throat> See, we can have fun in church too. See? So remember your weaknesses. And you say, well, if I remember my weaknesses, isn't that going to discourage me even more? No. If you uh, remember your weaknesses and remember that you can get your strength from the Lord, uh, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Do not like that verse, but it's true. Don't like what you ha I shouldn't say I don't like that verse. I don't like what I have to go through to see how true that verse is. Can I tell you that... Um, when I had my shoulder surgery, it was eye-opening to me. How I couldn't do anything. And it was making me nutty. I don't like to be weak. I like to be the guy that can grab the heavy stuff and not, that's a, I, I don't know how to say, that's a man thing, right? Most men want to be, you know, when you're younger, of course, you know, you walk around with the girls and you flex a little bit maybe and lift the heavy things, you know. I've seen the teens, sometimes boys, they do that. All right, 
Now, I'm not saying all, I'm just saying. That's what happens, right? And, you know, kind of like the rooster, you know, you got to puff your chest out a little bit and walk a little, you know. That's just the man, you know. But that's our pride, really. And when we can't show off like that, we realize that, oh, wait, I'm not so strong after all. Right? I'm not the, you know, when you can't even shovel your own driveway. Oh, it's into, oh. And you, or you, you know, we had a water softener and I had to ask for people to come over and fill my water softener for me. And, and I'm thinking, oh, oh, I hated doing that. Because I, I have to admit that I can't do something. Well, you know what? <laughs> That's a good place to be. That's when uh, you start to see God be strong on your behalf. That's when you start to see some, some good things happen. Then we need to remember, number five, remember the punishment of the wicked. It says in verse 27, For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. It says in uh, Galatians, this is a very familiar verse, Verses, but in Galatians 6, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall reap of the, uh, shows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Remember the punishment of of the wicked. And I have uh, written down here, if you're doing right, keep doing it. Payday is coming. Now, you may, it may take years for some of the things that you're doing right for you to see the fruits of that or to see the payment for that. Same thing with doing wrong. You know, sometimes we think, oh, I stole the cookies out of the cookie jar. And I didn't get caught, so it must be I'm not going to be punished. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. God doesn't always decide to punish us right away. You know, as a kid, the worst thing my mom could ever say to me was, okay, smart guy, this happened a few times, I know you find that hard to believe, you can just wait till your father gets home. Oh, the worst and then it ruined the rest of my day. Absolutely ruined. Because I knew it was going to happen. There was no way around it. And then and my dad would never take care of it till after dinner. Which ruined supper. <laughs> okay? And you're sitting there the whole meal praying. You know, you're praying for the Lord's return of all things, really. And, or, you know, thinking that your mom is going to forget. You know, she's gonna, maybe she's going to be merciful to me today and forget. Well, she never forgot. And then my dad would say that fateful thing. He'd say, what do I need to know? And I'm like, oh, oh here we go. <clears throat> right? But you know what? If you, you know it's coming. We don't know when. I knew, well, see, I didn't really know when either because my dad could come home at a different time every night, so... You never wished for him to work overtime more than then, right? You'd be like, oh, I hope he has to work late tonight. Then he's going to be really tired. And then maybe I'll get away with it. No, never happened, right? But you know, that, that was good, right? Because it taught me a few lessons, right? And you know what? You reap what you sow. You know what? If, if, if you, and you know what? That works after you get saved too. And it works before you get saved. You reap what you sow. Uh, you, you know, if, if you aren't the Christian that you should be to other people, and you know what? Some people may say, oh man, that person. I, I've, I've honestly met some Christians that can be really nasty. And I say to myself, oh boy, I hope God drops the hammer on them. But then I remember, huh, I do some nasty things too. But you know, I think, and it se they seemingly, right, they get away with it. Or they do wrong, and you think, oh, I can't believe God is not getting after them for that. Or they're getting away with it. Guess what? There's a scorekeeper, 
and he keeps all scores. And you know, that's kind of goes back to the beginning of the message when it's talking about the, the wicked. And that's what I have to remind myself of all the time is I see things, people doing things in the world and, and people being wicked and, and uh, uh, killing babies and doing just horrendous things, right? And I say, there's somebody that knows all this stuff and he's keeping score. And unlike me, you know, sometimes I forget things. God doesn't forget. Yeah, the Bible says that when we get saved, He buries our sins. I understand. But, when, but God is a, is a righteous judge, and God does not uh, just forget about people that do wicked things. He does not forget that. And, that, and that's a good reminder to us, is that He is keeping track. The last thing is to remember to draw near to God. Verse uh, 28. Remember to draw near to God and to His house. It says in verse 28, it says, But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. It's good for us to draw near to God. And you know what? Sometimes... Kind of going back to my, uh, my strength is made perfect in weakness verse. Sometimes that good is something unpleasant. God uses unpleasant things in our life to cause us to draw near to Him. And you know what? It's good to draw near to God's house. You know, I've been, I try not to sound like a broken record, you know, as they say, but I've been telling the junior church kids oh, this something, the same thing over and over and over again. I said, you have no idea how good you have it to be in church. You have no idea. And I, I, the reason I say that is, first of all, it is a wonderful life to, be, to grow up in a Christian home and to be in church every Sunday. And, and to, to have, uh, you know, not that everything's always perfect at home, but to have a harmonious home. I, listen, I work with guys, oh, just... You know, people don't always tell you everything that goes on usually. So if they're just giving me a glimpse of what their home life is like, wow. I don't want to know the rest. Right? But you know what? They're, they're, what a privilege it is to come to church. What a and just like I, I said earlier, I, I, I keep repeating this to them. They're, listen, it's, it's not like it was in America when I was a kid. But there's countries where it's a far... You know, listen... This whole, I'm not a fan of the vaccine passport thing. Well, this is not a political statement. I'm not a fan of it, right? Why? Because the U.S. Constitution says that they, should, they can't require you to show paperwork to go from state to state. That's besides the point. But the first thing that I think of when I, when I hear them say that is I think of my, my in-laws who live in Belarus and our missionaries there. And, I, and, I, and my father-in-law tells me, and I pick on him for it, but he wears this little thing that looks like a purse to keep his documents in because everywhere they go, they have to show their documents. And if you don't show your documents, you get it in big trouble. That's, but you know what? Even with them talking about that in America, look at the crowd we have here tonight. In Brazil, there's one person. One person is allowed to go to church. One. They don't have the, the, the they, I don't know, I'm not sure about their technology capabilities in some of these countries. I, I doubt that some of these countries have the, 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 the wonderful benefit we have of broadcasting over the internet and, and high speed and all that, right? Uh, in Philippines, I'm not sure if it's the whole country, but uh, missionaries I know in one part of Philippines, they're, not allowed, they're only allowed to leave, I think, for an hour or two hours a day. They're not allowed to go to church to go to the grocery store and get food and only one person in the house is allowed to leave. The other day I walked into a store with all four of my kids. Right? We have a, we have a lot to be thankful for. And you know what? This is the place to be. Really, it is. And it's, it's important for your kids to be around other kids. It's important for uh, us to be around each other. Because you know what? Truth be told, you know, we know it's right, 
You know, the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But you know what? Truth be told, we, we need it. And even if it's just a smile and a how are you, who knows? I, I know this. I don't know everybody's work situation. I work with people that literally their response when you say good morning to them, I'm not talking about the inmates either. I'm talking about the officers. Their response when you say good morning to them is, what's so good about it? Or their response is, one guy literally does this. Arr! That's his response. Nice to see you too. I almost said his name. I don't know. <laughs> but nice to see you too. Nice to see you. Let's, let's shake hands. That's his response. What a wonderful life he must have. Right? But you know what? We get to come to church. We get to be encouraged. And that's why, you know, a lot of times I go into Monday morning, you know, I'm happy. Sometimes I go into Monday morning and I'm just kind of, oh, Sunday nights, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Just got to make it through. To, even though I'm half dead on Wednesdays, I'll be the first to admit it. All right? I still enjoy the Wednesday night service because the singing and the, you know, um, but, and I, I try my best to encourage myself in the Lord. You know, I have little fits. I had a little shout and fit on the lawnmower yesterday in a good way, a good shouting fit, okay? Not pick that up off the lawn. What's wrong with you? No, I didn't do that, all right? I did point a couple times at things before I ran them over with the lawnmower. Um, but I, I was listening to um, uh, some radio station, Christian radio station out of Florida, and it was just good music. And, and they were reading scriptures, and, and I was just encouraged. But you know what? You need encouragement of others too. You need to see that, hey, there's other people that are struggling with something, or there's other people that are down. We, you know, that we all have different situations. And it's to our best interest, really, to encourage one another and to be a blessing to one another. So with that, let's uh, stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And I don't, I don't know where everybody's at, or maybe some of you needed it, some of you didn't need it. Don't really know. That's not my... All I know is I prayed... God showed me what he wanted me to preach. And maybe I just needed it. That's a possibility too. But as the music starts to play, if you um, want to do business with the Lord, go ahead and come forward. And then when we're done, we'll, we'll close in prayer.